Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. No, I'm not doing it. Not doing it. Not doing it. It's a new season. Not doing yeah, it. Okay, right. Well, this show's still early. Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, January in the year 2022. It's your favorite show in the whole wide world. Under the red With me, as always, my friend of yours, Derek Marama. Hey, good morning. Good to be back. Your friend of mine, Ian Cass. Hello, my friends. Good to be back. We, we got stuff to talk about. It's fun. We are half fulfilling our promise. Uh, the three of us decided to uh, do away with all of you listeners and jump into an NFBC 50 on our own. Uh, almost on a whim, on a text exchange, I would say, a total, right? Total whim, and you're so lucky your butt got in there, man, because there, there was a non-zero chance that DVR and I had both signed up because Nando's like, yeah, we got to do one. Let's do it. The three of us, let's do it. It'll be great. Yeah, and then I put my phone down for five minutes and I get back you put to your phone down seven for missed FaceTimes for Ian. <laughs> you put your phone down for like an hour and a half. So DVR was like the tenth per- ninth person in. I then became the 10th person. It's a 12 team, which is its own fun experience. And then we're waiting for Nando, whose idea it was to do this. And he's like not responding. He's gone total like dark. And so I, I just called him like eight times. And DVR was like, do you think that we, you think he was just screwing with us? And I was like, look, we've both done these. Nando's the one that needs to do this more than we do. And, uh, and, and then he, uh, he was like, oh my God, guys, I, I totally fell asleep. I'll get in there right now. And so we've been doing it. Oh, that's it. right. That was nap time, right? That was when yeah. I snuck in a nap in the middle <laughs> yeah, of the day. Stuck, yeah. yeah, so it was like an hour and a half. <laughs> and so we're sitting there, DVR and I are sitting there going, oh my God, is this, is, are we really going to like be in a 50, you know, one that we wanted, that we don't really need to do? It's been great though. It's been super fun. I have never done a 12 team NFBC 50 round. I am having a blast. I love, and I, like my team's looking better than I remember it being on an NFBC, but it's because it's 12, not 15, but I still like it. It's a huge difference, but yeah. Uh, so there are a million places we can start. I, I, so I'm on the clock right now. We're in round 19. Um, the way I think this could work best is maybe if we split these shows, maybe a three-parter, maybe a two-parter if it happens. But, you know, the, the first 15 rounds, the next 15 rounds, and the final 20 rounds uh, seem like nice little cutoff points if we get to it all. Um, I don't know. It's up to you guys. We'll see where we go. But I do. So 19th round. I'm on the clock right now. DVR is two picks after me, and then uh, again two picks before me. Um, DVR and Ian Khan, by the way, if anyone, if you ever want to be in a draft where someone will text you when it's your pick, either play with Derek Van Rybaugh, Ian Khan, or Brad Ziegler, because I've never met people more <laughs> uh, text happy about like you're, you're on the clock. You're on, on the clock. You're on the clock. You're on the clock, Nando. So now it's a source of pride if I text you guys before it's you text true. me to tell you I'm on the clock. Nando's been doing pretty good. Both of you guys are pretty good. I have to say, like, you know, it's it's a it's a it's an etiquette question. But I think the three of us have have held our own in terms of timing. Sometimes I don't see it. And then it goes like 35 minutes and I feel terrible. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then you feel that pressure like, oh, I got to make the pick now. And I, I really want to take a little bit more time with it. And no matter what your plans are, when people get picked right before you, it changes everything. The, the, the dynamic shift constantly. So but what's fun about the 12 team 
is it's not like a 15 team where like you pick and they're like, ah, maybe I'll pick again today. It's like, no, you're going to pick like you're, the, the, that clock is coming back to you. And it's really fun. I've been having a great time with this. I'm not sure all the choices and everything, but I'm really happy. I'm, I, I've really enjoyed the process. Uh, let's do so I don't so I don't hold this up. I'm going to make my pick live on air. And then maybe Lipinski will be around in the next 40 minutes or so. And then Van Riper can go guest who's at who just guest is after Van Riper. I think that person's name is last name is actually guest. Yeah. Maybe uh, it's Christopher guest. I don't think it's Christopher guest. It's uh, it's Winston guest. <laughs> yeah. So if go. Winston All happens right. to listen to the show. Hey, thanks for listening. I, I, I thought it was a glitch at first and I, I screenshotted it and sent to Vlad Sedler. I'm like, hey, you do a lot of these NFBC drafts, Vlad. Like, have you ever seen guest get thrown up in there for the name? And he goes, like, that's probably just the person's last name. So I checked the league roster. It's like, oh, yeah, that's just a person. It's not a And also, a hey, 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 I don't know if you've caught this, but Lipinski's on auto. So we're going to go Defino Lipinski, Van Riper right now. And then if Mr. Winston Guest is showing up, you guys are going to be picking this whole this whole show. Lipinski's only on auto for one pick. Yeah, but I don't know. Make your pick. All right, to- all right let's do it. Yeah, but normal people get the alerts that their picks have been made and they're up. I don't know how you guys haven't turned that setting on. My email has been sabotaged. I know. I know how the settings work. It's it's a it's a point of contention. <laughs> all right, all right. Here we go. <laughs> and by the way, shout out to Smith, who I think very subtly figured out that all three of us were in this draft and made an under the radar reference in the chat room. There was a number of the under-the-radar references. I was like, well, and then I was like, oh, I guess that's what it is. Well, I think Hodges didn't understand what Smith was going for. Maybe. Either I don't way. know. Tip and then hat. Krangle. I don't know. All right, anyway, shout out to Smith. Uh, all right, so here's my cue right now. I got DVR's boy, Joe Ryan. So this I don't is not, know if I, I would talk bad. about your entire cue at I this point. If you guys want to steal someone from me, that's on you, not on me. Go for it. Joe Ryan. So right now I got Joey Bart at catcher. I got all my, <laughs> basically all everything up to middle infield full. I got four outfielders. I need a fifth. I need a utility. I got. I only got one closer, but I, there's no closer out there right now that I'm going to go after. I'll just pick some dudes late. Uh, but I do have six starters, all of whom I love. And we'll get into it later. But just a quick overlay of the roster. I feel like I want another... So I'm going to need another catcher at some point. Gary Sanchez, to me, I know everybody hates him on this show, but he seems very attractive at this point. I got Joey Bart. I thought super late. Um uh, but we can get into that later too. Yeah. Nah, so so not, I got Gary Sanchez. I got Joe Ryan, who I I love, and I own his rookie card thanks to DVR. Uh, Herman Marquez. I, I just I like the guy. Julio Rodriguez out there. I don't know if I'm ready for that. Ryan Maltapia. I don't know if I need him right now. Kyle Lewis, who I think could have a nice bounce back. Kevin Biggio is on there. John Gray out of Colorado, pitching for Texas now. Uh, Texas has a whatever their pitching renaissance is going on with kind of like dudes who aren't good. John Gray has a lot of skill. I'd like to see what they can do with him there. I don't think it's time yet, though. Andres Jimenez, uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, Jesus Lazardo, who I love, who I'm probably going to have taken 100 picks ahead of ADP, and then Brandon Nimmo, who's, you know, this isn't an OBP league, so he's a little less attractive. Um, I like your list. So it's either it's Sanchez Ryan or Jesus Lazardo. This is actually a situation where you're not going to get any help from us because through the course of the entire season, we're going to be referencing this draft and we're going to be referencing, we're going to be referencing where we are in the standings. So is Nando in first place? Like we're playing nine other people. There's no overall, but really we're just playing ourselves as far as I'm concerned. Like I just want to be, I want to do everything I can to beat you guys. Says the guy who wanted to do a $400 league. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, I was just like, I'll tell you why. Because if you're going to take the time to do this and then take the time to set your lineups over the course of the season, 
it 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 feels like there's value in, in like just money time added like get the money out of it so if you win you can you can make a good amount of money but now I changed my whole thinking about these these 12 team 50 whatever they're called these 12 team 50 round things now these are like these are just bragging rights and we can even do side bets right so I was talking to Ariel Cohen um yesterday and I was talking to him about doing one with me and him and maybe a couple of other people to just just pure bragging rights. Who can build the best 12-team league? And then it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. It just matters. For me, I, I just want to, if I win, if I beat DVR and I beat Nando, I win this league. That's how I'm thinking about it. So I ain't helping you is what I'm saying. That's fine. I would like to win this league. So, you know. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. All right. Uh, so anyway, I'm going to go, here's why I'm going Gary Sanchez, I think. Because the best remaining catchers are, and this is just sorted by the ADP on the site, Alejandro Kirk, who I think is going to split with Danny Jansen. Mike Zanino, who I'm just not crazy about. Omar Narvez, who I like, but I don't know. It just seems like Sanchez get a lot more at-bats, finding some DH spots, maybe getting traded. Uh, Eric Haas, Elias Diaz, Yadier Molina, Carson Kelly is attractive to me, but not as much as Gary Sanchez. I don't know. I like the upside. I'm going Gary Sanchez. Done. That's a good You're pick. up. You're up, Lipinski. Like you hate uh, Gary Sanchez. No, no, no. But at with the two, Aaron Savale is gone. With the 200 and, well, maybe a little early there, but I, I was considering Sanchez. All right, Diver's up now, by the way. Let's go through DVR his DVR is up. As far as what I'm thinking about right now and why. I mean, you don't have to get as in-depth with me if you really feel like we're going to steal your picks. But No, I mean, no. I think, I think the fine. three of us have different enough strategies where I don't think we're going to be stealing people from other people. I think I built a pretty balanced core, went more hitter and closer happy early and have in the middle round sort of covered all the basics. I have two catchers already, so I'm not not worried about the second catcher spot or anything like that. Will Smith and Mitch Garver. Yeah, Will Smith nice. and Mitch Garver. So a lot of power nice. in the catcher spots. I got a mix of kind of old and really young high ceiling pitchers that could, could either be amazing or if it all goes wrong, could be ethically yeah, bad. Could be tough. <laughs> so... I did love that Evaldi pick. I love that Evaldi pick that you took there. I had I had passed over him for two rounds, going. Oh, I really want him, but I, I there were other guys that I took uh, Chris Taylor, who I really wanted, and, and Kyle Schwarber because I needed the bats. But I love Evaldi there, where you got him it was great. So I, I could take almost anything. I could take middle help, outfield help, more pitching, whatever category I need. I've got a pretty good power foundation, good speed foundation. I think I can afford batting average hits. That, that's what I wanted. So just to put a general strategy thing out there, I, I think part of why I don't want to ignore batting average early is because if you end up having to chase other categories later, specifically power, a lot of times to get cheap power, you have to take bigger hits in batting average. And if you have a foundation that can absorb that, you're better off. You, you can actually have a more balanced end product. So I did prioritize batting average a lot in the early rounds of the draft, more than I usually do. And I think if I'm if I'm light in a category, it might still be power. But I, yeah, I don't even I know. If, you're right. I don't even know if I don't. I wouldn't even say it. I, I don't feel like I'm light in power. I mean, you're not light, actually. Now that I'm looking down further, because you do have Conforto. Let's read this could, so people know what we're talking about. Like you got Hoskins. You got Reese Hoskins at first. Chisholm, Anderson, Candelario, and Josh Donaldson. That's that's a funky infield you've assembled. Uh, Kyle Tucker, Mookie Betts, uh, Luardes Gurriel Jr., and Michael Conforto. It seems like you got, I mean, Donaldson could be 35 home runs. No Condelario kidding. could maybe get towards 30. But it seems yeah. like you got to like, and he, Hoskins obviously a ton, but like 
you have a lot of chip-in guys, you know, like, and Mookie Betts, who knows when Mookie Betts is going to show up, but you do have a lot of dudes who can do like 25 and you can feel good about that. I think the key, uh, let's go from the It's top like when you don't know your credit card bill is that much at the end of the month. And it's because you bought a bunch of $25 things and don't realize. <laughs> it sounds like maybe this has happened to you before. <laughs> every, every month. Kyle, eBay so, 25, eBay 16, <laughs> eBay 11. So he started with Kyle Tucker. So he, one thing I think we should talk about is the where we picked in the draft, right? So DVR got 11, the 11th pick and was really upset about it. He was like, my, the, the absolute last choice for me was the pick, pick number 11. But he got his boy, Kyle Tucker, at 11. And then he came back around with Mookie Betts at 14. Really strong start. Uh, Liam Hendricks, then he popped in the third round. So that would be like uh, pick 35 or 36. And then the pick I love. I mean, I, I really I, I like all these picks so far. And then he took Tim Anderson at 38. And that's what you're talking about with the with the average. With Betts, Anderson, and Tucker, um, you got a pretty good base there. You really do. And get some you get speed there. You get you get it's a really nice beginning of the build. Then you finished off with Ryan Presley, uh, taking your second closer early. Took Will Smith uh, in the sixth round. Some argue he's, you know, could be argued top certainly top three uh catcher right now. Charlie Morton as your first starter. Jazz Chisholm, I was arguing myself about whether I wanted to take Will Smith, the reliever, or Chisholm. And I just came down to it. I was like, you know what? I want the second closer. I'll get to my team later. Um, you took Chisholm. It's a big, big question. It just is. And if that works, if if you know there's a there's a non-zero chance that he's in uh the minor leagues in May. Uh and there's also a chance that he's a fantasy all-star you know, a top 20 player at the end of the season. So it's a lot of risk there, but good. Shane McClanahan, I was a little surprised by, to be honest. I thought, uh, I guess that's where he's being taken, but it made me a little nervous. Uh, Verlander, they went Verlander and Baz. So like you said, there's a lot of, a lot of boom or bust with the pitching staff. Uh, I'm a little worried about the innings, to be honest. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel, good. Reese Hoskins, good value. Nathan Evaldi, love that pick. Uh, Conforto, upside. Candelario, I know you took him because you knew I was going to take him. Uh, Mitch Garver surprised me a little bit, but I, I like the thought of it. And and then you took Josh Donaldson late, and I think that was a really strong pick for you at third base to kind of – it was like the last good third baseman on the board. Gives you another corner infielder guy. Uh, I really like that. I mean, I, I like the whole the whole breakdown of that. Um, yeah, so that's, 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 that's how I see it. So I'm curious where you're going to go next. Uh, and have you made your decision? Yeah, so I'm. I feel I always feel weird taking a player at the top of a position list in the middle and late rounds. I don't know why that gets in my head, but I actually want Brandon Crawford here. And everyone's gonna be like, "Why would you want Brandon Crawford? Oh, why not? That's that's boring." Because Brandon Crawford, per plate appearance especially, is a tremendous value in the 19th round. It's yeah. an offense that. Even if it doesn't hold all the gains from 2021, they're not falling apart. That 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 core is it's actually a better core than we all realized. And the fact that they extended Crawford, they, they might give him a little bit of the the raise treatment just because of his age and because of their depth and the way they use their entire roster to shuttle guys up and down. A lot of shortstops don't really share playing time. That's what makes them such great MI options if they're gonna play every possible day almost. So maybe he's a little bit lighter on playing time, but I'm buying in to what the Giants have been able to do. I think at the price, it's not it's not like you're you're buying high on Brandon Crawford. He's more expensive than he was last year, but outside the top 200, I don't see any reason why you can't use him as a consistent middle infielder again this year. Nando, what do you think? Of, what do you think of that pick? 
not my kind of guy. Kind of boring. I mean, you know what my cue looks like right now, but I guess if you're looking at a shortstop or a middle infielder, I think I'd be more attracted to like Andres Jimenez and his kind of post-type yeah, but sleeper there's upside. No, but, but here's the problem with that. And here I, I'm going to disagree with you then because I'm definitely with DVR on it. Brennan Crawford's a great fielder. Brennan Crawford just looks like a really great baseball player, right? He looks like he was just like a great 12-year-old player, great 16-year-old player. He's a great baseball player, and he's going to play every day. Jimenez, you you got a 50-50 chance at best that he's going to have regular at-bats, and especially in a 50, you know, in this in this format, you need at-bats, you need counting stats, and you know Crawford's going to play. You don't think and Jimenez is going to play? Like Cleveland doesn't really no. have a lot of competition. They're, they've given up. You know what I mean? Like, they got, And this is like a stud blue chip prospect they traded for. Yeah, but he, I mean, he, I mean, not stud blue chip prospect, but he was a prospect, certainly a prospect. One but right now, you're right. Right now, he's in, right now, he is in the, uh, he is in the, uh, in the lineup. I do have a question for Diver. Yeah. Uh, you made this pick with guest back to back and then comes back to you. Is there someone that's going to just kill you if he takes and guest is on the guest guest is in the room and on the clock, so that's good. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's got the little green dot next to his name. But I mean, is there if he goes bang bang and takes like Joe Ryan, for instance, is that just going to be like a complete groan for you, or uh, or no? Are you okay right now at this point in the draft where you're not really attached? At this particular turn, there wasn't anything I was worried about not being there. For most of the first 15, 16 rounds, though, as each turn going into the wheel came up. I was thinking a lot about that. Uh, sure. Round three, when I took Liam Hendricks, I didn't want to wait. I think Hader and Hendricks are clearly the two best closers. And when Hader went right before me, I said, oh, this is the time on, on Hendricks. If I miss out on Tim Anderson, because he goes at the end of three, beginning of four to the team next mm-hmm. to me, I can live with that. I can find other ways to get a great shortstop. And like Xander Bogarts, to me, is close enough to what Tim Anderson does. That would have worked. Okay, like some th- something along those lines. Each turn... For the first, I would say, yeah, probably about the first 15 rounds, a, a lot of thought was given to that. I still think it's worth looking to see. Like, it, so the example you just brought up, Nando, you were thinking about you took Gary Sanchez with your last pick. If you were closer to the end, even where you were, I think it was worth looking at it. You can see, like, do the three teams next to me, well, Team 12 doesn't have a catcher yet. If if that team on the end doesn't have a single catcher yet, and you're torn between Gary Sanchez and Joe Ryan, well, you're probably better off taking Sanchez with your pick and risking the possibility letting Joe Ryan go to that guy. Oh, fine. Okay, Joe Ryan went. It's no big deal. I can get another pitcher. There's a better, there's a longer list of players like Joe Ryan that will still be available than there are sure. mashing catchers and hitter-friendly parks. Even you know, Gary Sanchez has his flaws, but I, lo- I love that pick where you got him. So yeah, I, I, do, I do think being closer to an end, you do want to be aware of what those teams? Yeah, because the, have he just took Alejandro Kirk. He just, just took made his catcher. first kick. There we go. Yeah, yeah. He just made his first pick, which was Alejandro Kirk. So he he was looking. He's looking towards that. We'll see if he takes the second one, and then you would you know then you can feel really good about it. I will say this: typically, I take I try to do in a fifteen team league. I, I have partners a lot of the time because it's fun, um, and I try to either get the first pick in the draft or the fifteenth pick in the draft because then it's easier because you only have to connect with your partner. 25 times as opposed to 50 times. Um, but doing this alone, I'm sort of enjoying. I'm in the fourth pick. I got the fourth slot, and I'm really enjoying it because there's there's a when it's going back towards 4-3-2-1, I do really look at that 3-2-1 to sort of figure out, hey, is this am I going to am I is this going to work? 
it's really fun. I, I'm really enjoying these 12 teams. It, it's just so much simpler than the 15 teams. I mean, isn't it? Like, it's just so much easier. So it it becomes a little bit less about, um, you know, like the two. You get two guys who get really injured and you can't replace them. Your team could be screwed for the season. Here, it's like you get to really pick guys. So you get a lot of players. You get a lot of depth. So I'm excited to see how this plays out. I think it's I think it's a good I think it's a really good format. 12 team 50 round. I'm a fan of this. Would you guys go Joe Ryan or Hazel? And you know and deep rosters is like cuz if you do the best ball 10s uh they don't go as deep. So it's, you know but they are only 10 bucks and so you could put 100 bucks down and if you win one of them you basically get your money back. Yeah, um but these, these have deeper rosters. You know what I mean like it's like the full 23 that you've got to get rostered. So mm-hmm. I like that. So you're asking, would you do Joe Ryan? Joe Ryan or Jesus Lazardo? Because remember, Lazardo had that run. Like you look at his stats, like oh geez, what happened? But that run he had at the end of the season was when he got when he became a Marlin was amazing. By the way, I bought a, uh, a Kimming um, autographed Topps Archives card this off season. Very interested Who? to see how that does on the open market. The actress, the GM of the Marlins. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> GM of the Marlins. Rewind that like, one. Sorry, yeah. No, I know. Yeah, sorry about that. I was like, wait, huh? Yeah, no. I, I bl- I'm clearly blanked. Clearly blanked on that one. There you uh, go. Who's president in 1985? 1985 would be, I couldn't tell. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. Right. Ronald Reagan. The actor? The actor. The actor? <laughs> <laughs> the actor? Uh, so that's like that's a fun movie. Um, all right, and uh, Ian, when you right, run so. for office, are you going to run for like mayor, congressman, senator, governor? Like, what are you just going to nah, go for? Not going to run for office. All right, no, yeah, sure. No. All right, you can tell us off air. Yeah, I'm not going to run for office. I can I tell think you that you'd be right good now. at it. I think you'd be good. Well, yeah, there you go. Um, all right, so we go. Let's go over Nando's team. DVR, do you want to do the? No, the... we got to do yours, but we kind of basically already talked about mine. All right, DVR. I mean, I thought, uh, enough. DVR. I'd like to go over the Incon special. DVR, break it down, and Nando, throw in your, you're an idiot, Ian. Oh, well, there's a question that we didn't answer. The uh, the Joe Ryan, Jesus Lazardo question. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you blew right past have, that. No, it's okay. I have, I have an answer for that. I have an answer I for that. I think it's it's actually kind of simple. It doesn't really have anything to do with who the players are. I think yeah. where they're positioned in the default draft room order right now actually makes a big difference. Yeah, it's, it's silly. Joe Ryan's at the top of the list of pitchers. He's the highest pitcher available based on ADP. By a lot. And Jesus Lazardo is below the fold. Like, you have to scroll down. He's probably yeah. three hundred, second, second he, or third he, page, right? So it's entirely possible that someone with the two picks before your next one comes along, Nando, someone out there is like, I love Jesus Lazardo more than Nando, and I'm going to go ahead and jump in here. Sure, <laughs> right. you could get sni- more, more likely than not, you can get both by just taking Ryan when your turn comes up for sure. and letting There's Lazardo no come back. And, if you want them both. But for me, it might be not going after Ryan at all, knowing I could get Lazardo later and then being screwed over if someone is a me sure. and jumps Lazardo up. You know, ten rounds. But there's so. But that's the thing. There's so many other good pitching choices that you like because you have Herman Marquez here. You have uh, got, uh, other guys you like. I mean, uh, Nestor Cortez is still around in the same area code. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's a yeah. lot of guys that you that you like. I mean, do you, are there are there is there a bat that you need? You know, is there a guy who's getting everyday at bats that you're like, ah, oh, if I can have him, that would be a huge benefit to my team. That's well, what I'm looking about, at. This is about your teammate. 
Okay. All right. Well, you know, I'm with I'm with DVR. If you have a choice right now and you're going to pick one of those two guys and it's a binary choice, it's got to be Joe Ryan. It just does. Not really? because of who, who's going to be a better performer, but just because you'll be able to jump two rounds for Jesus Lazardo. And right now, in terms of ADP value, quote ADP value, it's, it's uh, Joe Ryan right now. I mean, he's one of the best values on the board. Yeah, I agree. Well, unless DVR takes him or Guest or Lipinski. I'm pretty sure DVR is not going to take Joe Ryan here. Uh, DVR, I don't know why I associate DVR with Joe Ryan. I mean, I've only mentioned him once on the show, but I just, it, <laughs> it's stuck. It's great to be uh, associated with Joe Ryan. So DVR is back on the clock. So we, we have another moment. Let's, let's just do this. Hopefully people are enjoying listening to it. We're trying to keep it, trying to keep it lively. Uh, and actually, if Lipinski is there, everyone else except for Mr. Smith, who occasionally does slow us down let's not let's not kid ourselves smith does how are you does. that deep into this clock like i i just i get an email i'm like okay my pick no i, I you know in between clients i'm like i'm like oh oh look at that oh yeah I gotta, oh, it's yeah. got it no. projected on his wall at home <laughs> not quite but the weird thing is i feel like i'm looking at ariel cohen play by play no i'm not doing it not doing it not doing it. it's a new season not doing uh, okay, it okay right well, this show's still early i i did do i did do a new a, a new one for him um, and then he put all there's 16 minutes of George Washington, Ariel Cohen content that has now been put all together. I almost sent it to you guys uh, for New Year's. And then I was like, no, nah, that's just make fun of me too much. They, they, don't, they don't enjoy it that much. I wouldn't so, do that. I wouldn't yeah. mock you. Yeah, that's all right. Nah, would it's worth mocking. That. It's really worth mocking, actually. So many good players left. It's crazy. It's so much fun. Especially if you're used to a 15 team league. I mean, it's just like, wow, this guy's still there. This guy's still there. This guy's still there. Just amazing all right Super DVR, let's fun. go man come on let's go through your head this is actually a weird spot where i still feel like i can kind of do almost anything i want to do like it just doesn't matter i think most of the pitchers i like are a round or two away so i'm comfortable not rounding out the pitching staff just yet like i'll, I'll get a nice group of players that i i like even if i wait another turn there I think where I'm torn is the outfield right now is really interesting. Uh, you got Andrew Vaughn sitting out there, Jesus mm-hmm. Sanchez, mm-hmm. Harrison Bader quietly improved his plate skills last year. He's pretty interesting to me too, and I think here, here's why I like Harrison Bader too. He will also play a ton because of his defense. So you have power, you have speed, you have some improving skills. He's always been a tooled-up player that was interesting. Maybe he's starting to put it all together. So you, you get a lot of guys like that. I, I'm finding that this range, we're in round 20 right now, this is a great time to have at least one starting outfield spot available, if not two. Because the more you scroll through this list, the more you can see guys who end up playing, if not every day, very close to it. You're right. Even guys you might not believe in who are just like like the Tommy Fams and the Anthony Santanders of the world are, are kind of sitting out there if... You know, not, I don't call them fallbacks because I know they have their fans and people like them. And Santander has earned every right to be this high in the ADP and everything. But you're like, if you don't have like that exciting guy who you wanted, um, you know, there's Michael Brantley. There, there are a lot of players here who are going to play and have yeah. pretty good stats and continue it's to true. produce every year. So, yeah. that being said, Diver. Oh, you guys are really going to wait for this to actually happen. On, on yeah, pretty much. Well, we've already yeah, eaten up much. three minutes of the clock, and it's driving Ian crazy. So. I'm, I'm actually over here throwing things. I just had to mute myself because I was so frustrated. Glenn Colton. <laughs> <laughs> I love Glenn Colton. It's 
my man. What is happening over here? Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You guys think Nelson Cruz is playing this year? See, that's the question, man. I've been going back and forth for the last th- three rounds on Nelson Cruz and sort of saying just because of the build of my team, I don't want it, but he might not play. It was the Kyle Seeger thing that scared me off. It's like he could just be like, you know what? I'm good. I don't know. I mean, it's it, it seems like Nelson Cruz is going to play forever. Like 50-year-old Nelson Cruz is going to be hitting bombs in the Winter League, and we're going to be loving it on Twitter. Like, it's, it's going to happen. <laughs> that being said, I wow, pick 230. No, I'm still not going to do it. You, you might get another shot at him unless unless uh, Nando swoops in. I'll tell you why I didn't do it. I didn't do it because in this format, I don't want to fill up that utility spot. I want to have flexibility. Lipinski is texting me asking what's going on. Lipinski, Lipinski just texted me. He's yeah. like, hey, I'm ready to go. Can you get DVR to make his pick? <laughs> Can you DVR guys have finally DVR's make number? his pick? Yeah. It's been four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> now he... Well, we, we unfortunately, yeah, now it's been five. Unfortunately, we will have to wait because we're going to have you. And he's made his pick. I like that pick for you. Oh, I like that pick for you a lot. Andrew Vaughn. Nice. I le- the reason I like that pick is I think he could take the next step. For sure, he could take the next step. But the reason I like it is I know how much you like him. You love Andrew Vaughn. And one of the best parts about this is getting guys for me that I don't have elsewhere that I want to enjoy having. You know what I mean? And I didn't do that nearly as much as I should have. In some spots, but I know you wanted Andrew Vaughn. I, I still remember the day that I traded for him in the XFL, and you called me up, and you were just like, oh, man, I wanted him so bad. So, good. You get a little taste of him. Too slow to the phone all the time in the leagues that I'm in with Ian. Hey, man. <laughs> I think with, with Vaughn, you know, it was it was by, by no means was it an eye-popping rookie season, but no, I think when the further away we get from 2021, the more we're going to realize that if you were a player who debuted that season, 
without a minor league season in 2020, and you made the leap from some level of the minor leagues and even held your own as a big league player, that was actually pretty amazing. I mean, Akil Badu is the most extreme example of that. Rule 5 pick, whose last minor league season was cut short by a major injury. The fact that he didn't come up and and strike out like 35% of the time and, and fall on his face is actually amazing. Vaughn, I think, comes from a a different sort of profile, amazing plate skills, good hit tool and power, right? Low, low K rates in the low levels of the minors. So there was a, a higher expectation all along, still put up a 94 WRC plus. So he wasn't far below a league average hitter and he was learning a new defensive position. That's the, that I was going to, that's what I was going to say. I think that's one of those things that maybe five years ago or 10 years ago, especially I, I didn't necessarily think it had that much of an impact on a player as a hitter, but I, the, the, the more I've, I've played, the more I think it does. I, I think it's it's easy to sort of compound errors or, or to take the the extra time you could have spent in the cage or, or studying opposing pitchers. You're working on running routes in the outfield and just getting better in that facet of the game. And obviously, I believe in the lineup. I think the White Sox are easily the best team in that division. They're going to put a ton of runs on the board, so your counting stats are going to be good. Not worried about the playing time, and I do think he's going to unlock some more of that power this year. So, plenty of other options there. If you wanted young and exciting, it was available. If you wanted older and boring, it was available in this spot. But um, I felt like I have enough stability on most of the roster. Also, after just taking Brandon Crawford, I think my brain was like, "Hey, hey, you know, go go a little more in the other direction here with the second one." Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it. Good players. Good players picked. All right. Um, and, oh, I wanted to say this about the. It's not just that you're taking time away from working in the cage. It's that you're not comfortable in the baseball field. And not being comfortable in a baseball field is not good. Whether you're a pitcher, like you could make the argument that Garrett Cole, it was all psychological in the second half. Though he had that great game against the Astros, which kind of skewed the stats. Other than that, he really did struggle. He really struggled in the second half. And... I, I is it was it just that he didn't have the spider tack that he was working with? Perhaps I, I, it is believed, or was it the the emotional situation of not feeling confident? Like I, I'm just not sure now, and I think that that plays into Andrew Vaughn. I think there's going to come a point where he's going to be at first base. Abreu is going to move into more of a DH position, and that's when I think he'll really thrive. But I think you're right, and I think playing that playing that position that doesn't work for you does have an effect very much so you want to talk about your team now uh, i want dvr dvr you break down the team all right I so broke down you wait should we've gone over like the first round and stuff yeah we'll, we'll go back to that we'll get back we'll to go, that we're, we're yeah. doing it right i'm, I'm kind of curious and people can send feedback on this one of the things that i've i've noticed on on twitter is that there's occasional threads that people put out there of, of things that they don't like about fantasy content in general and one I, one that i've seen on, on a few lists now is an overemphasis on what happens in the first round, which I, I think is, yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it's it's easy to talk about the stars that you like. That's easy. Yeah, let's let's break this down, and you're going to go. Why did you do that? Right. There's there's one or two picks that you're going to go. That doesn't make any sense. Defend yourself, Con. <laughs> so Ian, Ian went like this. He went from the four spot. He went Juan Soto in the first could round. Argue that you could argue that I should have gone Bichette there, but I just went Soto. Yeah, it was Soto over Vlad Jr. and Bo. I don't know right. why he's uh, anti-J. We'll have to get into that. But uh, Brandon Woodruff in round two. Cedric Mullins was, was there in wait, three. Wait, can I just say that sure. about Woodruff? At 21, I, I really was happy with that. I mean, 
the pitching really fell in this format in the 12 team. Uh, Cole didn't go till the 10th pick, and then Burns went at like, what was that, 15? Bueller at 16, Scherzer at 18, DeGrom at 20, and then I got Woodruff at 21. I was very, I wasn't necessarily planning to take a pitcher, but that's the only pitcher I was going to take. Yeah. Burns is on, I think, every team I've built prior to this one. And when he was there at 11, I was like, okay, build a team a different way. Like, no matter what you think of Corbin Burns, you should not have 100% Corbin Burns on your rosters to protect yourself from the possibility yeah. of an injury or something. But uh, back to back to Ian's team. So it's Soto, Woodruff, Cedric Mullins in the third. What do you think of that? I have no problems with it. I think I had him... I actually have him as a, a guy that I've paired with Burns as a second rounder and a 15-teamer already. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he's no the 29th pick, so it's, yeah. Yeah, so like a late second rounder at a 15-teamer, early third rounder at a 12, no no issues with that. I mean, I think dropping switch hitting, we talked about that throughout the season. The speed is, to me, even more stable than the power. Yeah, I agreed. And I think Absolutely. if the profile looks more like the guy that went right before him in this draft, it looks if it looks more like Starling Marte, Which is who I was going. I was actually going to take Marte. That was my plan. I really wanted those extra 10 steals somehow. Um, But he got taken. So I just went, okay, it's going to be Mullins. But there's a chance that Mullins can repeat or do something very close to what he did last year. And he ends up being more balanced than Marte. And that's that's wonderful. Yes, he does. I'd love to dig in at some point to like the the one thing that I want to know this year, who is this year's Cedric Mullins? Because he has such a weird and unique path back to the majors. Like he was, he was toiling in the minor leagues. It's not like he was putting up great numbers and there was nowhere for him to go. Like you got to find someone who was kind of like just toiling and lost in the minors, and then came back up and just like you know without much warning, became a thirty thirty guy with a two ninety average. Sorry, yeah. sorry to interrupt. I just thought no, I, I no, you're to throw good. That out that's that's, that's going to be a good topic at some point. That's why we're here. <laughs> yes. After Mullins in the third, Matt Olson might not be an A much longer once the lockout's over. I literally why I made the choice. I was like, I think he's getting traded to the Yankees, and that's going to be an awful lot of fun to watch in that right field with that right field fence. John Legeza, sit ups. John Legeza <laughs> has has a really great breakdown of Matt Olson. Uh, on the he's he's working for doing some videos for Pat Mayo right now. Um, MLB moving averages, as we all know him and love him. But uh, I, I don't even know where to check it. Like, go to the Mayo Media Network, look up John Legeza's Twitter. Actually, maybe MLB moving averages. Ask him on Twitter where that video is about Matt Olson, but it's great. <laughs> Legez's breakdowns, I love. I love John Legez should be a much bigger fantasy star than he is. Um, There's that plug for you. Ah, look, I don't know if you guys listen to him or watch his videos. Or he's, he's amazing. And I'm trying to get more of him this season. Hint, hint. So there. I went Olson, and it was between Olson and Classe for me. And then Classe went with the next pick. But I thought to myself, Class A, if Class A goes, I'll take Iglesias. I like Class A more than Iglesias, but I like Iglesias a lot. And getting a closer, getting two closers, I believe, is really important in this format because otherwise you're going to be using draft capital. And especially in this format, you're going to be using picks in the late 30s and 40s that you could use to, you know, buoy your depth and you're just chasing, you know, setup guys. And I'd rather not do that. I'd rather just like get myself two closers and hope that they stay healthy and then, you know, try to grab a couple of those guys as opposed to like eight of those guys. So that's why and, and DVR led the way with Hendricks and Presley. I went Iglesias and then Will Smith in two rounds later. But we'll get to it. Yeah, I think positioning and what's happening and what you're passing on sort of dictates whether you go at the very top or you go to that end of the first tier, beginning of the second tier range. I, I like Iglesias and Class A 
and Ryan Presley all kind of similarly. So I think in mm-hmm. in the situation you were in, Ian, you know, Matt Olson or whatever hitter or whatever starting pitcher, whatever you were thinking about doing as the alternative made sense because it seemed reasonably unlikely that all three of those closers were going to go in the next six picks. Like, I think was there was the a idea. pretty good chance at least one was going to make it back. And I think if you like early, early closers, no problem. Like I, I'm on board with that. If you don't, I think you just have to have a really clear plan as to which second tier and third tier guys are going to emerge to take over jobs, right? And that group is like, I think Giovanni Gallegos is probably in there. He's like first tier in skills, but he's just not... Makes me nervous. I don't know if he's clearly the guy. I think That's the, the problem. Corey Knable might be in that now in Philadelphia, where he he might Certainly. be a little safer from a, a role standpoint and maybe a little less solid on a skill standpoint. But we've seen him do it before, and and when he's healthy, he can be one of those guys that strikes out ninety or hundred guys in sixty innings and does it with great ratios and could get thirty saves. So I, I think the logic is totally fine, but I just think. Even if you like early closers, you might not get them. There might be a run. It might not work out. Something else might be there. Just have plan A, plan B, plan C mapped out for what you're going to do with relievers because you said you don't want to waste draft capital chasing a bunch of save situations. That's absolutely correct, right? You want to have depth for everything else. You're going to lose players to injury. You can't make in-season moves. You can't go out and find two-start pitchers. So you're going to want to have a lot of actual starting pitchers piled up. And if you have a bunch of relievers... It's just not going to help. You're going to start to fall behind uh, with wins. You're going to fall behind with Ks. So really important to to get closers right in the draft and hold format in particular. So when Soto, Woodruff, Mullins, Olsen, Iglesias, the next pick was Baez. I like that. I'm a hobby bet. I like him just always, no matter what. So I applaud, you your, I applaud your choice of Javier Baez. Who else were Thank you thinking you. about when you took Baez? I like the price on Baez. I wanted some speed, and he does run still. I typically shy away from guys who are going to a new place, something I don't like. Um, I love that he had dual eligibility, but back to why it doesn't concern me for Baez. Baez doesn't give a flip about anything. <laughs> he doesn't care. He, he he doesn't care how people look at him or see him, and that's a big part about going to a new team. And I think that it's going to be his team. Like he's the star of that team now, and I think he could really thrive. I think that uh, his his strikeout rate has gone up over the course of the last years, uh, as Ariel pointed out to me yesterday. But his dual eligibility with the speed, with the power, I think. I mean, he has the upside of a top of a second round player at the end of the season, um, and I think he's going to thrive. I think he'll thrive with with Hinch as his manager. And in Detroit, so that's I felt really good about that pick. I still feel good about that pick. DVR, what were your thoughts? I, I think Baez has been a little underrated from a fantasy perspective. I want to say for two years now. I think he's still very mm-hmm. fairly priced where he's going. I think Baez versus Brandon Lau is actually pretty interesting. You get more speed from Baez. Maybe you get a little yeah. more power from Lau. But you don't get the eligibility. You don't get the dual eligibility, and that's what I wanted. I want eligibility in these formats. Yeah, I think that's that's also, at the very least, it's a tiebreaker between similar players, but it might be more valuable yeah. than that in draft and hold. I, I think it is. I think it's. I, I, there's nothing like it because now all of a sudden I can pick the best second baseman or shortstop. I'm not chasing because you'll see I get more eligibility as the, as the draft goes on. All right, so moving on. I then, I then bit the bullet with Will Smith. Uh, Will Smith, the Will pitcher. Smith. 
Will Smith, the pitcher, in the seventh round. So it's pick number like ninety or something. Eighty. Wait, DVR, you have Will Smith, the catcher, right? He does. Yeah. How about that? That's beautiful. So the uh, the question I would have with Will Smith, I, I've liked him from a skills perspective for a few years. I think I've been higher than the field on Will Smith until now, and I think now more in line with where everybody else is at. You the choice between Will Smith, Kenley Jansen. Uh, and yeah. Jordan Romano, who ended up going a full round later, a little more than a full yes. round later. Those were the three that I look at. Those guys are all kind of similar in terms of where people have them. Why Smith over those two? Romano, because I'm not convinced he'll hold that closer job. Not convinced because they're they're quick in Toronto to switch guys around if they struggle. Jansen, the reason I didn't do Jansen is because he's not signed. And so what if he goes to a team, you know, what, what if he doesn't get a closer job? Unlikely. And, and frankly, I think he will end up in Miami, um, in which case I think he'll be great there. Uh, but I just thought, you know, Will Smith on a really good team, really perform well, help them win a World Series. He's going to have a long leash. Uh, nobody else is going to take that job from him as of right now. And I was just, and I had just traded for him in the dynasty league. So I was like, all right, you know what? I'm on the Will Smith bandwagon. I've never been a Will Smith guy, but I was like, you know what? He's the best of what we had. And it was going that way. And the other guy, I was thinking about Corey Seager there. I was considering Corey Seager. So, um, but how how the mighty have fallen with Corey Seager. Well, he hasn't really fallen. I mean, he's going to a ballpark that maybe isn't quite as good a fit for him. I think he might struggle a little bit more being in a new place as opposed to Baez. Um, but still, I think a great value at pick 100 or whatever it is. Hey, you guys crapped on my Gavin Lux, by the way. Speaking oh, of yeah. Well, we're we're going to get to that. I don't oh, even know if I responded to that whole thing. Uh, it was just me crapping on it. I just thought it was way too early. Like, you could have gotten him. It's the same situation as Jesus, uh, you know, as, as the pitcher we're talking about here. He, <laughs> for some reason, I'm thinking Jesus uh, Montero. Yeah, no. Jesus Montero, yeah, the he, catcher. He, he, many many Nando teams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gary, Gary Sanchez. Many <laughs> Gary Sanchez before Gary Sanchez. Um, all right, let's so move on. The next pick. I got to say, I was pretty delighted uh, to get this guy at this point because I really didn't focus on starters other than Woodruff. So my number two at pick, I guess that's one hundred or so, uh, or ninety ninety five was Kevin Gossman. What'd you think of that? Gossman has been one of those guys who's been atop the queue for a couple of turns in more than one draft, and I've talked myself into just doing something else entirely. Mm-hmm. Whether that's I did that. a similar pitcher or even just like a hit, I just go, ah, come on. Kevin Gossman back in the AL East, leaving Oracle Park where it's cool and damp and pitcher-friendly. Oh, man, I... I don't know. I I don't. I think I'm out on Gossman. I, I don't. Th- I think where he went is better than, like I think it was okay there. His ADP was 63, and I got him at 93. You know, and he has. He, there was a period of time where Gossman was struggling with his health. He's pretty solid now. He's, it looks like he's going to give you the innings, and that's what you want in this format. So yeah, it is the AL East. I, I get it, but I was pretty happy to get him at that spot. I wasn't looking at him earlier. He kept falling. I was just like, you know what? He's not falling anymore. That's it. And the guy I was choosing between was him or the guy I got with the pick six picks later, seven picks later, which was Frankie Montas, which as everyone knows, I really love Frankie Montas. Um, <laughs> so then we have Woodruff, Gossman, and Montas, each with 200 strikeouts. And that, I feel like that's a pretty good base. I don't think Lipinski is going to pick today. Or during the show, at least. 
No, probably not. But that's yeah, why once you get past around. 17 minutes, yeah, it's not happening. What do you think of uh, What do you think of Montas? Maybe he lives in Hawaii. It's possible. Yeah. I so I I still consider Montas and Lazardo almost like the same pitcher. I and I know it's just because they came up together with Oakland and they're you know these young prospects who can strike out a lot of people and you know put up decent numbers. Um, but if I like Lazardo, I like Montas. That's basically how my brain works. I like Montas. I like Lazardo. So yeah, like one of those old logic problems from ninth grade calculus, you know. He started throwing the splitter a lot more in the second half, and it's a dominant pitch for him. He, it's, it's, he throws at 97 miles an hour, and it just dips out of the zone. He was dominant last year. If he can stay healthy, he could be a top 15 pitcher easily for me this year. I really Not a knucklehead. Not a knucklehead. No, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see knucklehead with Frankie Montas. I see a boss. The only thing that's gonna, that, that could hurt him for me is health. Well, this is a guy who keeps winning Tow Wars, people. This is who you're listening to, Mr. Ian well, Khan. No, 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 not Tow Wars. I'm, I didn't. It was well, Tow Wars labor or whatever. Uh, right, uh, whatever. Anyway, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big the fan most, of Frankie Montas. A humble man in fantasy sports, Ian Khan. Yeah, I don't know about that either. So, <laughs> uh, and then, well, DR, you like Montas? Yeah, yeah, I think Montas is one of the pitchers in that tier that is a little undervalued pretty consistently. I like that he's seriously the splitter is big for me because that that pitch unlocked everything for him mm-hmm. it, it just in terms of like maximizing the k's and yeah I, i'm i'm in like no Oof. no hesitation the possibility he gets traded i guess I, I think it's less likely than some of the other players because pitching like that especially yeah you know it's just like if you have it why give it up even like, oakland they always try to play into the middle like even when they trade guys away they'll they'll get back some some big leaguer like guys that haven't been regulars before they'll get those guys back and plug them in and try to win 85 games and and hang around, right? It's just what they do. So you could see, but you could see Montas being moved, kind of like Barry Zito was moved with Sean Manaya being moved, like all those guys, and getting like trading him to Tampa and getting like, well, Shane Baz is up now, but that you know what I mean, like getting like three prospect pitchers for the one. Like he, he, they always Billy Bean always does stuff like that. But moving on, uh, went Carlos Correa in the tenth. Where do you then, think he's going to be? Don't know. Don't know. It doesn't, doesn't matter, right? I actually, if I had to guess where he's going to be, I would say Houston. If I had to right. guess, he'll go back to Houston on like a one-year, $28 million contract or something. Do you want him as That's... a Yankee? You're Johnny Yankees. Do you want him no, as a Yankee? Not particularly, no. Right. Not particularly. Because he proposed to his uh, now wife uh, after the game when he should have been celebrating with his teammates? Because that seems like an Ian That seems like an Ian reason. It seems like that could be, but that doesn't bother me in the least. Uh, right. oh, That's Correa is going to get a huge deal somewhere. I, I, don't, yeah, I, don't, I don't really know I, where he's going to go. I don't want the three hundred dollar. I don't want the three hundred million dollar contract on on uh, Carlos Correa. I'm not interested in that. And from a fantasy perspective, you could argue he's not that good of a fantasy player, but he's a good hitter. He's a good hitter and help with average. He, he, the last of that tier for me, uh, and then to have a middle infield of Baez and Correa is pretty good, and I feel pretty good about it. I think the pick after that was pretty interesting. Yoan Mankata, like you were telling me before we started drafting, uh. we were just talking about. 15s versus 12s and, and third base and how it it tails off a lot in a in a 15 but even in a 12 you you can't you can't ignore it there, there's a cost to ignoring it if you you wait too long you could end up really chasing playing time there Mankata is one of those guys you're not chasing playing time at all like he's going to play a lot I think the big question everybody has is 25 homers back in 2019 and he did that in just 132 games. Is he ever going to show that much power again? We also saw the speed go away in 2021. 
lots of ways for him to rebound back closer to the player that he was just a couple of years ago. He's still young. What do you think his 2022 actually looks like? I got to tell you, that was one point where the guy Spender, who's picking before me, he's he's sniped me a couple of times on guys. I was I wasn't going to take Correa. I wanted Rendon so bad right there. I really thought Rendon was the pick. Um, and then I got nervous about third base because I didn't really want to go in with Justin Turner or Cabrian Hayes. So I ended up taking Moncada. Here's what I'll say: his his music career has gone downhill. Uh, so he's not focusing on his music career. I'm guessing. I don't even know. Maybe he's still. Maybe a new album's coming. You don't out. let something like that go. You don't let that. Go. Uh, but but it came out because it came out that Moncada was really struggling with injury last year. A lot of nagging little injuries. I'm kind of buying the idea that maybe Moncada will come back. And, you know, Ariel Cohen of all the, as we went over this team, Ariel of all the picks, Ariel was like the Moncada pick just drives me crazy because he sucks. He's like, he's terrible. He's terrible, terrible, terrible. Hate him. Hate him. What a terrible pick. <laughs> Are you thinking like live updates to Ariel Cohen? No, no. I just, I, I hadn't talked to him in a while. <laughs> and then yesterday, pick? no, no, no. I, uh, the person I'll check in with is uh, Ryan, Mer- Robert Mershak. Uh, oh, Rob Mershak. If I I checked in with him last night about a pick, or no, early this morning actually when I was on the clock, um, I checked in with him about it. But anyway, I, I'm not convinced on Mankata, but I like you said he'll have the playing time. I love the order. I love the 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 lineup there, and he could, you know, former number one prospect in baseball. So. Uh, if he does run a little bit and if he brings the power, I could see that being a big upside pick. And if it were a trading league, I would trade him to Nando. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I would For figure who? out a way to, I don't know. Right. <laughs> I'm not Joe sure. Ryan. I need to, get a, need to get a third baseman back. Um, and But then the next pick is one that I'm really curious what you think. Yeah, Chris Taylor. I mean, I think in this format, Good glue guy, especially, oh, but underrated skills him. for a few years oh, now. I mean, I, I so good. I think he's so good. I think the fact that he that he stayed with the Dodgers actually makes me feel better about him. Yes, like, yes. They didn't let him walk. They aside they, from his real life him. value that he can play so many spots as well as he does. They clearly believe that he's not going to fall off a cliff as a hitter. He's never going to fall off a cliff. He's just a really good baseball player. Chris Taylor and a really good fantasy player. He he could have every day at bats in that lineup now. Yeah. Think think back to 2018, 2019. There was a six-week period, I forget which year it was, where he was the best fantasy player in the game. Do you remember? He was the best player. He was stealing bases. He was hitting home runs. He was hitting like 330. And my only argument with Chris Taylor over these last number of years was, is he going to get the playing time? I now believe he's going to be like a... Staple. I was like, is it a stable? No, it's not a stable. It's a staple. He's going to be a staple in that lineup. And I think it's, I, I'm thrilled about that pick. Second base, shortstop, outfield gives me a lot of flexibility over the course of the season. Really excited about that pick. Got to say, one of my favorite picks in the draft. The next one was Kyle Schwarber right after that. He had fallen so far that I just wanted the, you know, I wanted the, there's a lot of skill there. The guy can hit. We got to move through this because we're going to run out of time. Uh, oh, yeah, very happy. Oh, hey, this fellow is a very fast moving show. I mean, yeah, well, you know, time flies when you're hanging out with Nando and DVR. Hey. Uh, Chris Taylor, Kyle Schwarber. I like those picks. I, I, I just think they're really good value. I could have swapped them, could have taken Schwarber in the round before and still would have been a really big value because he was going, he should be going around 150 and I got him around 175, I think. 
Something like that. I, I can't. It's harder to figure out with the twelve team. I'm gonna just, uh, and then I took Clevenger. I don't know. That's your knucklehead. That's your knucklehead pick. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. He's a bit of a knucklehead. There's really no question about it. Uh, and then I took Votto. That's pretty late. Like all these guys, I was really getting guys who had fallen. Not Clevenger. Clevenger had not fallen. Um, but Votto had fallen. And then I took Benintendi in the 16th. I really like him this year. I, I just think it's he. He's got a really. He's like a, a good Mark Kenha right now. And then a guy I never, ever, ever take. And this is this is this was an Ariel Cohen pick because he was like, you know, I mean, obviously Garcia is. Is really, he's really good. And he signed, and but he did sign a four-year contract <laughs> in Miami, and it's like, all right, he's going to play. And you watched him every day, DVR. How good is Avisel Garcia? He's a good hitter. I mean, he barrels a ton of balls up. It's not going to hurt you in batting average. Right. Most years, I know he's dropped the shortened season. He had a two thirty eight, and back in twenty eighteen, he only played ninety three games that year because of injuries. Hit two thirty six, but I, he hits the ball hard enough where I don't think he's a batting average liability. He doesn't strike out a lot. He runs a little. Uh, the park is not as good, so I wouldn't be surprised if the homers came down a bit. But volume, volume is key. Like the difference between guys like key. like Avi Garcia and the other outfielders that can go in the same range is that he can get 600-plus plate appearances because of how the team is built and how they'll likely use him. Other players will be sharing time with someone. And like A.J. Pollock was taken. A.J. Pollock was taken a round earlier. I, I just don't understand that. And no disrespect to Mr. Mazzoni, uh, but Pollock's not going to play. He's not going to play that much. I mean, he, he'll play, but he's not going to get... I want a guy who's going to play five days a week, not four or three, God forbid, three. You just can't can't afford that. All right, moving forward, uh, then went with Alex Wood this morning in the 18th round. Like I it. just didn't I didn't know what to do, and I was like, you know what? I never, <laughs> I never take Alex Wood. I love the ballpark. It looks like he's turning on. He does have good stuff. Fine, Alex Wood is my number five or six, and then I took Tarek Scooball. Is it Tariq or Tarek? I just, think it's Tarek. It's Tarek. Tarek Scooball. Um. And Tarek Skubal, I've never owned him. And I thought, this is a good place to sort of... And I went and watched some film on him. And I saw a 97-mile-an-hour fastball coming out of the left hand. And I was like, you know what? I'm going Skubal. And uh, so that's that's where I am. That's the build. I think that I'm. there's something I've got to work on. i got to get some more speed on this team. Um, but other than that, I'm pretty happy with it. Love it. Well, I don't love it. I mean, I love my team. And since we're competitors now, I hate your team. <laughs> if you want to be serious about this. All right, real quick. I'll do a it's quick garbage. breakdown of Nando's team. I'll say that for next week. I, I think are I you sure? Well, let me at least go through yeah, the... That's fine. We can, we can dig into it more next week. This thing will but, still be running. Yeah, but I'm going to just go through what he did so far. At pick nine, he took Bryce Harper. Love it. Very good pick. Walker Bueller in the second round. I, I just don't know why I don't buy it. For me, I don't buy it. Um, All right, but, I'm sorry I said I didn't like your team. That was just for the show. Talk. Yeah, no, well, now I'm really going to be truthful. You don't have the crap on my uh, second round no. pick. <laughs> no, 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 I'm no crap on the second round pick. It's a yeah, fine th- second round pick. That didn't sound like it at all. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Adobrodo Mondesi uh, in the third. <laughs> a little early. I think you probably could have gotten him back on the other way, but maybe not. And actually, in a 12 team, it makes more sense to me than in a 15 because you can. it's easier to replace. So it's a little bit less risk. Wander Franco, go get your kid. You want him, you believe in him. I love the Austin Riley pick. I really like the Edwin Diaz pick there. I thought you got a closer at a, at a good spot. Darvish, you're betting on the on the bounce back. Jesse Winker, fine, fine. 
solid. Jared Walsh, solid. I like it. Awesome. How about 40 home runs and a great batting average? Okay, there you go. Yeah, super, we go. Super solid. Super, super duper solid. <laughs> All right. uh, Jared Walsh, I like that pick. Pablo Lopez, I like that pick. Ty France, I'm not surprised. Jared Kelnick, I was thinking of Kelnick as DVR was talking about the kids who came into the majors for the first time last year. Perfect example of it. Gavin Lux in the 13th, too early. Too early. Fair assessment. Yeah, Alex but if, Verdugo, if he flipped Verdugo and Lux, like if he took Verdugo around earlier and yes, Lux exactly. falls well, one, it doesn't make say. that much of a difference. Well, well, yeah, but still, no, I think Lux lasts three rounds later, personally. I don't know. Verdugo, man. I love that Verdugo pick for you, though. I thought that was a great pick, a great Thank pick. You. Big upside on Kopech and Syndergaard with the next couple of picks. Do you have enough of a base to pull that off? You need to get more pitching, I think, because... Kopech is dominant with a, you know 69 innings, 101 strikeouts. That's ridiculous. Well, you heard my two. They're a bunch of we got some pitchers coming up. That's good, and you need them. <laughs> but you need pitchers with like you need pitchers who are going to give you innings. Maybe Joe Ryan does give you innings. Um, Joey Bart, you don't know about that one. Um, Bro, Tristan, what's not, so what's not like I don't get why Joey Bart, the starting catcher for the San Francisco Giants, uh, now that Buster Posey's retired, what's the what's happening? Like no guarantee. I'll tell you, 400 at bats. No- Great no guarantee. Mm, just I don't know if he has the 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 bat to ball that you need, and also he's got. There's going to be a little bit of a pull for playing time. I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. What, DVR, what did you think of the Joey Bart pick? I yeah, hurry up because DVR's got to go. I have a few catchers. I think Garver, Sanchez, Murphy, and Darno are four guys that I'm for now consistently taking ahead of, of Joey Bart. I think the playing time is is more stable. Yeah, uh, by, uh, Tristan McKenzie, I like the upside on that at that point. And Gary Sanchez, I really love that pick. Hey, I really I mean, thank I, you. In, in fact, I was going to take Gary Sanchez with my next pick. Probably. How about I was that? probably going to go catcher there, and you block that. So um, but, but so overall, you know, I mean, I, it's going to be fun. And what's awesome about this 12 team is that we're going to have really full teams at the end of this. And we are going to keep track all season. Like, yeah. this is going to matter. We'll be like, Nando's team is in first place. Amongst the three of us. Going to be saying that a lot, friend. Okay, we'll see how it plays. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I'm not a good trash talk with fantasy. We got to go, though. DVR's got other shows, more important things than us. Not really. He really enjoys doing our show, and I you enjoy it. doing I love our that show. We're back. Oh, yeah, man. Dude, 100%. Like, this is just like hanging out on a, a FaceTime call with your friends, except there's no face to yeah, you there's know, no face this. Face, faces, faces. Faces, faces, faces to this, I meant to say. No, honestly, I've done a lot of guest spots, and it's always fun to be back home because this is this is our show. This is the show that we do. It's, it's super right. fun. FSWA way, nominated. Last year. We'll see yeah, what happens this year. And now Ariel Cohen sent in a, a audio of a show with me and him. So if he gets nominated, I'm going to be like, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> freaking He's like, well, you know, I mean, it's really quite an honor for you that that, that I picked you. I mean, yeah, I could have picked anybody. I mean, DVR is really good. Vlad, Vlad Sedler, great. I mean, yeah, yeah you're lucky. Uh, I know we got to go, but so, you know, well, Ian, you know, you, you got a kid and you're supposed to get the baby, like, you know, two kids, 30 yeah. ounces uh, of formula. Well, I mean, I'm saying oh, like when okay. you have a kid, you know, they're like, I get 30 ounces of formula, you know, 25, whatever. And, you know, the, by five o'clock, you're looking at your watch, you're like, oh, crap, man, we only had 12 so far today. But lo and behold, by the end of the night, you know, by the time midnight hits, you've hit like 26. You've had like 27.75. Okay, yeah. We went a good 40 minutes with no Ariel Cohen. 52 and minutes, actually. We hit we hit the quota right right at the end. Right at the <laughs> there end. There you go. <laughs> All right, we got to go. We got to go. Uh, for the man who 
at 16 minutes is now halfway done with his Ariel and me Netflix pilot, Ian Khan. <laughs> That's right. We're working on it. It's going to be good. And for the man who would like you to go check out DV Alarm, his new site that passive-aggressively texts you when you're up in drafts, Derek Riva. Yeah, that would be a good idea for a site. Someone should do that. DVAlarm.com. Available. Uh, we got to go <laughs> get in with Fantasy Alarm. It's perfect. We got to go. We hope you enjoyed this. Uh, more draft next week, and then pro- probably the way this is going, more draft maybe the next two weeks. So, uh... Godspeed. We'll get one. We'll open up to everybody here. I think we just on a text decided to do this. Uh, but thank you all for joining us. Happy holidays. Bye. Good talk. Good talk. Stop stealing my bits. Bye. <laughs>